How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Forrest in the paint throws back out to Rodney. Jazz reset with a 24. Rodney goes right down. Wilshire Boulevard and cocks the left hand and hammers. Oh, Rodney, don't do me like that. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of January. Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics' five-out systems too much for the Jazz. We'll look at that. You've got to win some of your matchups. Is Favors coming back around? And a point guardless lineup that doesn't work, plus a walk around the NBA. All today on Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you are having a good one. Mark Spears and I sat down for a fun Locked On NBA conversation uh, for you to grab this week. We had a nice conversation about all sorts of NBA things. Just Usually that show is just me hanging out with a good friend, talking the league, and that's what you uh, get there. Uh, Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs sat down with Craig Sager Jr. for uh, a nice episode. Uh, also, if you're an NFL fan, there's a bunch of pre-playoff episodes that are really good right now on uh, Locked On NFL stuff. Packers, Bill Huber, Giants, Art Stapleton getting things together. So there's a lot of really good content out there on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you, you grab it. All right, I think I laid out what we've got going for you today. Today's show is brought to you by My Simply Smarter. The guys up in Ogden do a wonderful job helping children, child development. Uh, could be for adults as well. Probably someone like myself should do it. Uh, but I'll tell you more about My Simply Smarter here in a little bit. Uh, for those who've asked, the promo code on SeatGeek is LOJazz. I know that some people have asked in the past. All right, so uh, we'll start with pins across the world. Then we'll break down what happened to the Jazz defensively as they got torched last night. Uh, and then we'll look at some other items along the way. Uh, as always, appreciate you very much for tuning in. We'll be tomorrow for Facebook Live. We'll be coming to you from Toronto. Uh, today we're still in Boston, and we'll head to Toronto uh, tomorrow. So the, the Shamrock Auto Group Facebook Live show uh, will come to you tomorrow from Toronto. Good evening, this person wrote. But it's morning. Well, Dallas has been around for a long time. So uh, my name is Dallas Sawyer. I've been a long time listening to the podcast and YouTube videos. First of all, let me thank you. Locked on Jazz is almost as important routine as brushing my teeth. You can put a pin in Washington, Terrence, Utah. My fandom is rather simple. I moved to Utah from Southern California when I was 12 years old, now 35. I actually grew up in a home where football and wrestling were the only sports that mattered. It wasn't until I was about 15 I started watching jazz with my best friend on a consistent basis at his home, which put me right in the middle of the title runs. I've been hooked since... Uh, the Stockton shot against Houston is probably my greatest memory, and another one that stands out is being in attendance for Jerry's final game coach that played the Bulls, and I remember driving home listening to the postgame, and there was talking about how weird it was that Jerry hadn't come out to address the media. That, you are correct, Dallas. That is one of the stranger n- nights of my career. I, don't, I think I had called the game 
I'm trying to remember. I called the game, uh, and uh, and I remember I was up there doing probably empty the noggin or things, and he hadn't come out, and I just realized it was strange. And then I do remember walking out. Greg Miller's car was still there. Uh, Jerry's car was still there, and I'm always the last one out. I was like, oh, Nelly. Uh, on a side note, I had a cool experience almost two years ago. I wrote a letter to Commissioner Adam Silver regarding the podcast and how much it affected my fandom for the Jazz and my understanding of the game of basketball and how it also helped me uh, be more rational Jazz fans. A few weeks later, I got a response from the commissioner that I've attached. Oh, that's cool. Adam Silver is the best. That's really nice of you. Thanks, Dallas. Um, here's what the letter said. Dear Dave, thank you very much regarding David Locke and the radio broadcast with Utah Jazz. I'm glad to hear David has made such a positive impact on your experience. He and Ron are among the best in the business. Thanks again for writing to me and for being a fan of the league and the Jazz. Enjoy the rest of the season. I'll be sure to pass along the comments to David and his colleagues. Adam Silver. Dallas, that's so cool. Thanks. That's really neat. And Adam Silver is the... I was actually at dinner last night after the game with a friend of mine. And he asked me about Adam Silver. And uh, that's what he said. Well, Dallas has done a lot for us, by the way. Dallas has always been really active in the Lockdown uh, Sports Google Plus page and some of those things, so I appreciate it. And I think I've – gosh, I, I hope I'm not wrong on this. I think his wife, Lindsay, I've met before uh, with Dallas. So uh, not, that's cool. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to last night's game. We avoided it for 4 minutes and 33 seconds, and now we have to dig into it. Uh, I know many of you hate this, but I, I would like to point this out. One team playing on a back-to-back, other team with three days rest. Okay, don't ever underestimate that aspect of this league. Uh, and, and think about it in this sense. Boston and Utah are pretty similar teams. They're really pretty basically similar. And most teams, other than the Warriors, the Cavaliers, and maybe some of the best, are pretty similar. Most teams will play, and if you kind of look, the average margin is four or five points. And so, you know, if one team is fresh and the other team's not, it certainly has as big, if not a bigger than four or five point uh, impact on things. So just be, you know, when you're, and, and then what happens, I feel like, uh, and the reason I mention it is not as an excuse or anything, but I do think we then have a tendency to, uh, and I do, I'm the leader of this. I'm the, not, not you, we, I'm the leader of this. Uh, we overanalyze every single night as its own single entity. And that's almost never the case. So, Last night's a case of one team with its first time getting three days off and then not being able to miss a shot, probably because their legs are fresh, and another team being slow in transition defense and not being able to stop dribble uh, penetration who's not fresh. Okay, so that, well, that actually shouldn't be that stunning. And part of me thinks that I should, like, wrap the podcast, do my, my Simply Smarter read, and, and call it right there. But I don't think it's that simple last night. We got hammered uh, and just couldn't get a stop all night long. And Boston does, we talked about it on pregame Periscope with Ron Boone, which, by the way, if you didn't hear, is great. He tells, he tells old Boston Garden stories, and they're just great. Remind me, I'll, I'll retweet that out. Um, the, that, it was really funny. And Tommy Heinsohn even told a little story. We, had, we have fun with pregame Periscope, hour before every game, by the way, at Lockdown Sports on Periscope. Uh, the, and, um, all right, I'll just tell you guys, this guy stay quiet, though, just between me and you. So uh, pre Periscope started this new thing called Periscope 360, and we got approved for Periscope 360. Um, like only certain users have been approved. We've been approved. So I have to actually go try to find the camera uh, and buy a 360 camera. And then once we have it, we'll have pre game Periscope 360 where you can flip through and you can change your and kind of choose your own angle, which is just it's really incredible technology. 
All right, so Boston plays five out. And what I mean by that is that all five of their guys are outside the three-point line. So if you were to watch Boston and you just hit pause on your DVR at some point in time, you would notice that all five of their guys are out. If they're not out, what you would see is that one guy's running through the lane on a cut, and then he clears the lane and gets back out to the outside, and they readjust out of that, or simultaneously to the player leaving the lane is then when somebody drills penetration in the lane. But they almost never have two guys in the lane. And so what that does to a team like the Jazz, so that's their offense. The Jazz defense is intended to do two things. One, keep Rudy Gobert near the rim at all times, so they'll cover their pick and roll with him dropping. And the second thing is to run you off the three-point line, and they often actually do that from behind, where they'll trail pick and rolls, drive you toward Rudy, keep you off three-point line, stay attached in the corner threes. Uh, and, and then the other thing the Jazz do particularly well, so that's probably part, so that's part one is, is driving you off the three-point line and toward Rudy. And the second thing they do very, very well is they overshift. So, in other words, if they can keep the ball on the side of the floor, they'll bring four or five guys. If you hit pause on the DVR and the Jazz, you'll see five guys all on one side of the floor, defensively or awfully close. There's a nail at the free throw line. And if right in the middle where guys then line up their free throws. And if, if the Jazz are playing defense right all – most all, you know, the way the Jazz, I think, would talk about seven of their ten feet, and all at least one of all five guys would be on the ball side of the nail. So that's what the Jazz do particularly well. They're long, they cover a lot of space, and then when you try to throw the skip pass over the top, they're able to get back. Well, last night, they're spreading the Jazz out with five out. Now, all of a sudden, the Jazz don't have seven feet uh, across seven different little feet, literally, literally feet, like shoes. Seven shoes across the nail because they're spread out all over the floor. And second thing is they can't keep Rudy in the paint because Al Horford, Kelly Olynyk, all their bigs are up because all their bigs shoot. And the fact that Tyler Zeller didn't play probably helped them last night. So now, all of a sudden, the Jazz have a problem. And the Jazz are the second best team in the NBA at stopping you from taking three-point attempts. And last night, Boston took 41% of their shots as three. So what'd they do? Well, they spread you out. They run it off the pick and roll, the dribble penetration, whatever it might be. Now they're into the paint. You're coming from really much further than the Jazz usually do with their defensive structure. The Jazz are not the most athletic team. They're just long. And so they're not getting back out to shooters very well. Isaiah Thomas gets in the lane, has 15 assists last night. I think six or seven of them were three-point assists. And they're now slicing the Jazz defense up. Last night was the worst defensive performance the Jazz have had since the Miami game, which, by the way, is another team that plays pretty close to five out. So that's a tough, those are going to be tough matchups uh, for the way we want to play. We're not particularly athletic. Uh, we play with spa- We play space and length, and these guys are playing uh, at an ability to do some things in a manner that the Jazz just couldn't handle. Uh, defensively last night. So that's really more than anything else what happened last night. The defense just got hammered. And at some point, you've got to just win your individual matchups, and we weren't able to do it. You just have to be able to contain the ball and win your individual matchups on both ends of the floor. And most guys last night 
did not win uh, their individual matchups. You know, and and the offense turned out to have a really pretty good night because Joe Johnson won his matchup and Boris Diaw did a nice job. Uh, but, you know, on that night, you need Gordon Hayward to be better than Jay Crowder and you need Rodney Hood to be better than Avery Bradley. And, uh, you know, one of those was a push and one of those probably wasn't. So uh, maybe they both were pushes. But they, those are the ones. Because Isaiah Thomas is going to be better than our backup point guards. Boy, is he tr- he's just tremendous. He's And they're playing the perfect style for him. Uh, the other one is that Boston has been allowing uh, just insane amount of points to point guards, and uh, we didn't have the capability of taking advantage of that. Last seven guys that were healthy that came into Boston just torched them, and you know Westbrook fifty, Teague thirty one, uh, Conley twenty six, Rose twenty eight. I mean, just torched them, and they didn't have. We don't have. Uh, anyone who could do that last night. But with that said, uh, the offense was fine. The offense had a really had, had a very very good night last night. The defense just got annihilated. Uh, and again, also without again just full, you know, picture. We'll go back to where we started this. So that's about as taxing a defense. And if you're a step slow because you played the night before, well, then you're really going to get exposed. So. Uh, I thought that that was that was you know worth um, that that's really there's no, there's not not a lot else. There are some other things that probably are worth keeping an eye on. We'll get to those in a second. But I want to tell you about uh, my simply smarter uh, Laird and the crew up in Ogden uh, do a really really neat neat work, and uh, you probably should consider checking it out. MySimplySmarter.com. It's for three different types of people. So if you have a kid who's your son or daughter is having a little bit learning difficulties or not just kind of focusing as well, then, then My Simply Smarter gets you an online program you can do from anywhere, any computer, 10 to 20-minute sessions, three sessions a week. Obviously, the more you do, the better. And what they are is they work in kind of three activities, intensity activities, focus activities, and cognitive activities. And, and they start with a nice baseline test and then they customize the experience after that to try to really include, improve your functioning. And your brain skills. If you just think about it as developing your brain skills the way you develop a left-handed dribble. Uh, the cool thing is with the promo code LOCKED, you get 20% off for life. Uh, all plans come with a seven-day free trial, so you can check it out. If it's just not for you, then don't worry about it. But mysimplysmarter.com slash LOCKED or promo code LOCKED, and you are going to end up with 20% off uh, on the program. It's pretty cool. Users begin with a variety of fun, short activities, build intensity, incorporates components for basically improving uh, your executive function uh, along the way. The other one is student athletes who maybe are not working as well on the field, taking in information from coaches. This program uh, can help you with that as well. And if maybe you have just a typical kid, you want to bring it up another level, another notch for the second semester of school, uh, then MySimplySmarter.com uh, can help you out. Check it out, MySimplySmarter.com slash lock, promo code lock, 20% off for life from My Simply Smarter. Uh, the other one last night, and I think we'll see this more and more, is that the uh, incredible that the, the Boston had a specific game plan to Rudy Gobert, and that 
is the first time we've seen that. Now, let me go back to a very important point here, that the Jazz offense last night was really good. And so that specific game plan on Rudy Gobert does open up things uh, for other guys. And the Jazz hit 11 of 26 from three last night. Their offensive rating was 114.8, and that's going to win you most games in the NBA. League average offensive rating is 104, and we usually hold teams to 100. So last night we allowed 120. Our defensive rating was 127. It was awful. But they had a very specific game plan uh, to Rudy Gobert. He still finished with 8 points and 13 rebounds, but he was not nearly as dominating a force on the offensive end. It's the first time I've really seen a team that completely worried about Rudy's rim roll and offensive rebounding at the rate in which Boston did last night. Uh, they, they, we had an interesting angle, and for broadcasting, it's not great because I can't see the whole floor. It's, as I said on the broadcast, it's a little bit like playing Scrabble without ease. Uh, and that's hard. The But it did allow us to have some kind of look at that because we're behind the basket, and it gave us a little bit of an insight into just seeing how much they put a focus uh, on that, what they do, uh, and it will be interesting to see. I think Brooklyn began to do that. So Rudy, I think, ha- I think something has changed here, and we're going to see a larger focus on Rudy. You just can't let guys get 18 points and 16 rebounds every night. And teams have begun uh, to deal with that. Favors last night had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. He did not have a great defensive game. But I think we're beginning to see Derek come back around. Uh, And this should not really be that surprising. So if we just kind of... Derek's offseason was pretty hard work, but gentle on the pounding to try to make sure that he... Uh, got himself healthy and right. And then he gets hurt in the preseason. He plays one preseason game for 24 minutes, and then he does not play another game for 26 days. Now, that's the time period where really he was supposed to get into his best cardio physical shape, and he and he didn't do it. And... And then you're into now you're into a little tricky game where when he's not in great shape, he starts to get heavy enough that you're you're now playing with you got to make sure he doesn't get hurt again. So he comes out, he's not in great shape. He plays uh, about five or six games and then begins to come around. He has four straight games of double figures, and he looks right. And then he has the bone bruise and the IT band soreness right away uh, after playing uh, four games of of over two first two games over thirty minutes of thirty five and thirty six, and boom, he's shut down again. So he played for. Uh, a grand total, really, of 15 days. He then sat for another month from really, truly about the 11th of November. He sat until the 14th of December and it was played limited minutes until recently. He's now kind of gone 29 minutes last night. So I think before we freak out or react, because he's, he's not right. Last night was the first time in double figures since November 11th. Let's give Derek another... I don't know if we thought if the original plan was kind of training camp for a month was going to get him healthy and get him close to right. If he had stayed healthy, then we're probably starting somewhere that we're looking at like the end of January, frankly, where he starts to get right here. I think we're seeing little tiny steps along the way where he begins to look like he's in better shape, have some of his bounce, get going again. Uh, you know, he's listed at 6'10", 265. I've done a bunch of research. If you're over 270, it's very hard to stay healthy in this league. And I would guess, 
I don't know this, but I would guess that right now he's over 270. So you have to be pretty cautious on on what he's doing uh, out there. And I think we're beginning to see signs of it. The number I talk about on the broadcast a lot is shooting 51%. Uh, at the rim, he's usually a 70% rim shooter, so that when you suddenly see him begin to make shots around the rim, I think you'll know he's back again. Uh, and that'll be probably the first sign, and then he'll suddenly go from averaging you know 12 points back to 16 points a game. And because he's making one or two more shots around the rim, uh, but I, you know, I wouldn't. He's not right uh, defensively. I thought that got exposed last night with his movements, but I'm not surprised by that. And I think uh, I would, I would probably take the end of January uh, is when we begin to see him being being right. If you want to be optimistic, you could probably go maybe the 21st or 20th of January. Or somewhere in there where he kind of started to get back out and play. You know, he played by d- that middle of January. He's playing 15 minutes a night. Uh, by the 27th, he played 22 minutes. Somewhere in the 30 days after that, I think you can probably begin to have him be um, at NBA shape level. Remember, these guys are great you're playing against. At, you know, there's 450 of them in the world. So when you're a little off, whether it's that you played the night before or you're not quite healthy, you just get exposed. That's just the reality of how great uh, these guys are. Uh, last night was interesting. The point guard situation for the Jazz is just such that Quinn keeps fiddling with the uh, with not with not playing a point guard. It, it did not work last night. I think it was minus eleven in about eight minutes worth of work, uh, and because it, it, they couldn't guard Isaiah Thomas, they tried to play Isaiah with length and see if they could bother him with length, and he just. He just torched it and blew it up. And that's where the Celtics are so tricky because the Celtics, you, you've got to combat with quickness. And I don't think we have a lot of guys who you're going to say are particularly quick. Uh, but that lineup did not work uh, last night. All right, run around the NBA for a second. Uh, by the way, Jazz have some nice ticket packages available for you. We come back home, we play Cleveland right out of the chute. So if you want to buy tickets, uh, go to utahjazz.com and check that out. Uh, get Come and see LeBron. If you've never seen LeBron in, per- in person, that should be a uh, terrific experience. There's also some other really cool ticket packages that involve uh, LeBron, and you can get those at utahjazz.com. Dot com. If your company wants to advertise on Locked On Jazz, their spot right there could have been right there. You could have been your company we're talking about. And if you want to reach men between the ages of 18 and 44 or 25 to 54, 97% of our audience is male. 74% of our audience falls into those two demographics. And according to recent studies, about 56% of podcast listeners are more likely to interact with sponsors and support sponsors in other formats. So feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's Lock zero nine at gmail dot com. Around the rest of the NBA, I thought there were a few scores of interest last night. Uh, remember the Laker game when I said that's just a good win. You just don't go beat people four times in a row. Uh, Lakers last night got hot, hit seventeen threes, and blew out Memphis. You know, you just—it's hard to go beat teams four times in a row. So that win, we go back a little while in LA. I think was a good one. Uh, and Memphis. Memphis is just so thin that I just think there's nights where this is going to happen. Chandler Parsons is not right at all uh, for them. He's just not in shape and not come back. Zach Randolph did not have a good night last night, and and so then they get exposed pretty badly last night and lose 116-102 to the Lakers. Big win for Sacramento last night. They went into Denver, who seem right now to be the two teams competing for the eighth spot. Denver just can't click in. 
that are 14 and 21. DeMarcus led the way. DeMarcus is just playing, you know, he he's actually been he little less of a problem than usual. He hasn't had any major outbursts, and he's just playing brilliantly at 31.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, he was minus 2 last night. That's the one thing I that's unusual last night is that they usually are just terrible when he's off the floor. They got some... They got some good bounce off the bench uh, last night. Uh, Denver, Emmanuel Moutier was 2 of 8 again last night. Uh, I'm curious how long they keep with this. De- Emmanuel Moutier, in his last 10 games, is is begun to show some signs uh, where he shot 45%. He had a decent December, but he's still shooting 38% from the field and 32% from three. Like at some point, that's got an uptick. Same thing with Marcus Smart, but they have found a way uh, to to use Marcus Smart. Uh, Denver's gone to a pretty spread open game, and it certainly did not work last night against Sacramento. Uh, the only other one of interest, uh, the East is just kind of wacky. Uh, you just kind of keep watching the East, and there's no clarity what's going to happen one night to another. Indiana beat Detroit last night, uh, which is a good win for good win for Indiana. Uh, I, I'm not sure I have. Any understanding of what's wrong in Detroit? Washington goes into Dallas. Dallas is actually playing pretty darn well. Remember when the scout said that he thought Dallas was the team to keep an eye on? It seemed crazy at the time, but Dallas is all of a sudden uh, <coughs> eleven and twenty-four. They're five and five in their last ten. If they click in a little bit, they could probably make a run. Sacramento's at fifteen and nineteen, a game up on Portland. Now game and a half up on Denver for that eight spot. New Orleans is is charging a little bit. This this could be. It's be interesting to see who decides to be a buyer and who decides to be a seller uh, in the market for that last playoff spot. Jazz are sitting at fifth, a half game behind the Clippers right now. Rockets are just rolling. They have won five in a row, eight of ten, 27 and nine. They're, they're knocking on the Spurs door. We're nowhere close to that third seed. They're five games up on the third seed. Uh, the Rockets are just kind of running away a little bit, so we'll see whether the Jazz can where the Jazz end up in the in the mix of all of this. Whether they can hold the four at some point, it'll be a fun little chase uh, coming down the stretch. Heading to Toronto today. This has been Locked On Jazz, brought to you by MySimplySmarter.com. Feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail dot com with both your your pin across the world as well as. Um, if you want to advertise in the program, we look forward to hearing from you. Locked on NBA with Mark Spears out there for you today. Locked on Spurs, Craig Sager. Locked on Celtics with some interesting comments there. Didn't even get into Jay Crowder pissed off about the fans cheering Gordon Hayward uh, last night. Uh, pretty interesting story here in Boston uh, to keep an eye on. All right, that wraps us up. Hope you have a great one. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.